The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. On today's show, we're going to listen to some audio clips from head coach Joe Judge, quarterback Daniel Jones, and running back Saquon Barkley. We've had the opportunity in recent days to to hear from that trio uh, via video conference, courtesy of the the Giants uh, PR department, and uh, we've had uh, several stories at Big Blue View on each of those things. Couple stories on uh, on what Judge said, story detailing what Saquon Barkley had to say about Christian McCaffrey's big contract extension. A uh, story about Daniel Jones talking about uh, Eli Manning's presence on the roster last year and how at times it was a little bit awkward between him and Eli, although both were were professional and I think both enjoyed each other's company. Um, it was interesting admission from Jones that there was some awkwardness between the two as Jones took over uh, for the Giants at quarterback. So what we'll do is we will play uh, audio from each of, of those three. First up, let's, uh, let's hear from head coach Joe Judge. You've talked a lot about uh, trying to uh, establish a culture uh, with the Giants now that you come in. I guess how much difficulty are you having really getting to do that with, with the environment that you guys are currently coaching in via Zoom and all that? And, and how, how are you, what ways are you trying to like, build camaraderie? I think a lot of things we're trying to build within the culture right now are showing up based in the circumstances that we have allotted to us and how hard the players are working. And that's what we're looking to build is that, you know, culture of everyone doing whatever it takes to be successful. And right now we're seeing that across the board with our players. I'm very pleased in how they come every day prepared. I'm pleased in how they come every day with a lot of urgency. And we're getting great feedback and communication through the meetings with the players themselves. You know, as far as building camaraderie with them, you know, probably the best part of the day is when you can click on the Zoom and everyone has their, you know, screens unmuted and you just hear the guys talking across. And that's probably the best part is, you know, it took about a week for everyone to get comfortable enough to do that. 
And, you know, I think they kind of realized that, you know, as coaches, we were laughing, you know, listening to them talk, and then they got a little bit more comfortable and really started breaking it down. But it's fun seeing all the personalities really emerge and the connections. Today was the first day we had the rookies in the meetings with the vets. So you could tell right away, you know, a couple guys saw some new faces, and you heard a couple, oh, there's rookies in here today. So I'm sure, you know, they'll be asking them for a joke by tomorrow. Joe, what's going to happen after uh, after this week is over? Do you have a plan, I guess, for, for the next phase? And and have there been any discussions? Uh, I saw a report about uh, teams discussing moving training camps out of areas where there might be uh, stay-at-home restrictions for them. All right, so the first part, I mean, we definitely have a plan. We're assuming right now that we're going to continue working virtually with the players. We'll wait for further clarity from the league. You know, we were told to plan through May 18th, so that's what we're doing right now. In terms of relocating, uh, our ops department's doing a great job right now mapping out a lot of different scenarios in terms of if for some reason we have to relocate, uh, they're you know, making connections around you know, the area, around the country, as to whatever we may need to do. I mean, we're waiting on direction from the league in terms of what we make decisions on that. Hopefully, in a perfect world, we're all back together in New Jersey training sooner than later, uh, but we're planning for a lot of hypotheticals to make sure if they come up, we're not caught by surprise. What are some of the options that you've considered in terms of moving, moving training camp? And, and would you do that in the spring too? I don't know that we're going to necessarily have an option to do in the spring unless the league would give us a thumbs up on that. I think right now, just with the climate in the country, one thing we have to consider is, you know, first off, the safety of our players traveling across the country, getting on flights, traveling through cars. There's a lot of mandated quarantines that come with that as well. So the timeliness factor of getting players, having them travel, the amount of time they're quarantined, getting them in the building, can we secure that they're going to be quarantined along with all the staff and coaches that are surrounding them, whether that's in our facility or somewhere else. There's a lot of logistical things we have to consider. The first thing we talk about in all these conversations is, are we 100% certain the players are going to remain healthy and we're not putting anybody at risk? I'd have a tough time right now asking a player to fly across the country from California when I probably wouldn't be the first one most willing to throw my two sons on the plane to go the other way. Hey, I, uh, you, you mentioned earlier um, on, on another day that, you know, it's imperative for these players to start forming bonds and some of that has to do in themselves. How about you with the players? I mean, a head coach has to bond with the players. Is that more difficult now? And is there anything that you can share, anything you know more about certain of your players, you know, a, a good example of, of one or two of those that you didn't know just from, you know, the laptop and remote and things like that, something that you know now that you did not know? Well, I'll tell you what, we, we found different ways throughout the meeting times to work together, and I've found time to grab certain players out of meetings, and I'm, I'm working my way through the team as we go throughout the rest of the spring and making sure I get FaceTime with each one of these guys. You know, leading up to this, I spent some time talking to these guys on the phone, really just checking on them and their family. I had the opportunity to meet a lot of these guys in person when we were still in the building. They were still around working out. You know, I'd say one of the interesting things about this whole process is, just like we're doing right now, is as somebody else is speaking – really everybody has the freedom to look around right now and really observe how people are. So when there's an assistant coach presenting, everybody in there is also presenting themselves and how they conduct themselves in the meeting. You know, you're looking around. How's the guy set up in his house? Is it a quiet setting? How's he dressed? What's his eye focus like? Are his eyes down? Is he trying to text? And we haven't had a lot of that. We've had a lot of guys with great urgency. But, you know, you have the opportunity in, in this setting here to really see your players in a meeting standpoint where they really can't hide. Right now we're on a one-by-one one box on the screen, but we're all face-to-face. -face. And you don't know who's looking at who at this time. So everything you're doing at all times is really, you know, what you're being evaluated on. 
Are you taking notes on some of that as you're going through? I mean, you're sitting there wearing a, a hooded sweatshirt, right? So I'm sure you don't expect your players to be wearing, you know, button downs for this, right? But I mean, so, so how does that evaluation work? I mean, you know, just how much is too much? You know, everybody's always making an impression. I can't sign on with the team and stumble through a team talk and show shoddy film and have, you know, technology doesn't work and have them think, okay, this guy's going to be okay. He knows what he's doing. We're always creating an impression. We're always, you know, forming an opinion of ourselves. But along that, let's not get confused. We're not going to evaluate a football team based purely on how they are on a computer. I mean, we can go down to Circuit City and find a great football team and a computer. But, you know, we want to make sure right now that, look, we're just trying to give the players an opportunity to learn our material, to learn our systems, to get a head start going at training camp. We're trying to be as much of resources for these guys as we possibly can. You know, we only get two hours a day with the vets, but we get two hours a day with the vets. We got to use those two hours as much as we can. And, you know, along the way, we've used everything the leagues allow us to use in terms of loading up playbooks and cut ups and voiced over installs for the players to watch at their own pace on their own. So we're trying to get ahead of everything that they may need. Look, until we get on the grass, you really can't evaluate a football player. You just can't do it. And I've made it clear to our team, you know, this spring is about learning. This spring is about building a base so when we get there in training camp, we can play fast and we can play aggressive. You'll be evaluated in training camp. Right now, we're learning. Now, along the way, you are making an impression. And then uh, another defensive question, uh, Marcus Golden. You guys used that tag on him. Yes. How did that come about? I think the Patriots are one of the only teams to use that in recent years when you were there. How did that come about, and have you talked to Marcus since you guys put the tag on him? Without going into what we talked about, yes, I have spoken with Marcus. Um, look, I have a lot of respect for him as a player. He's a, he's a great person. He's a hard worker, um, but he's a productive player. So we have a lot of respect for him, and he's definitely somebody that we've spoke to, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, possibility of adding to the roster. We placed the tag on him. That's something that's allotted us through the league rules. And uh, we thought it was a situation when it came up and was available for us. That's something that we could use. But, you know, we have an interest in Marcus. Uh, we've talked to him, and uh, we're going through the procedure right now, and we're going to let it kind of play out a little bit and see where everything shakes out. Are you preparing your players to play in front of an empty stadium, in front of no fans? And if you have to do that, how do you prepare guys to do that, have the same energy, et cetera? Also, just curious from your perspective, what do you think the NFL should do? You know, do you think it's uh, more important that we wait and start a season later so that everything can be normal? Or as a coach, is it just you wait and you wait for the ready, set, go or not? I'm, you know, curious what you feel. I mean, as far as our approach, the league will make those decisions. I think the one thing the league's, you know, being very considerate about right now is everybody's safety, players, fans, everybody. I don't think anyone wants to play in front of empty stadiums. The fans are really, you know, a huge part of this game. You know, playing in front of stadiums, that's where a lot of, you know, the juice and energy comes to on a weekly basis. Um, but we don't have fans at practice, so we prepare them every day to play in front of, you know, without people watching. You know, if these guys have to go out, they'll be prepared for whatever the situation is. You know, but truly, we want the fans there. I mean, it, it would be a different atmosphere. You know, we prepare for whatever, but the fans are a huge part of this game, and we definitely want them there. My biggest takeaway from judges' remarks, Giants fans, is that we really need to prepare ourselves to see the Giants move their training camp out of East Rutherford, New Jersey, to a hopefully safer location 
you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it's apparent that the New York, New Jersey area is still the hardest hit by the pandemic. So seeing the Giants move training camp to a different location uh, should come as no surprise if and when that happens. Let's take a quick break right now for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will hear from quarterback Daniel Jones as he talks about the upcoming season and some of his preparation as he gets ready for that. Just some basic questions. Where are you and how are you throwing? Uh, I'm in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm staying uh, at my parents' house with my three siblings. So we're all hanging out here, packed in. Um, but uh, I'm uh, I'm throwing with a, a small group of guys, uh, trying to social distance and, and do our best to do that. But at the same time, keeping my arm in shape, uh, staying in shape, trying to trying to uh, you know stay on top of all that. But um, you know, it's it's uh, down here in Charlotte. It's you know we're we're obviously doing our best to to social distance, but in terms of using parks or using space outside, we're still permitted to do that. So um, I've been I've been throwing with a couple guys. What are you working on in particular this offseason from a techniques fundamental standpoint? When you looked at the film of last year, what did you pinpoint as areas where you needed to get better, and, and how are you kind of attacking that uh, specifically this offseason? Um, to me, I think the biggest thing is, is ball security and, and um, you know, particularly in the pocket, protecting the ball. Um, so, you know, I think that's a that's a fundamental skill at the quarterback position that's something that's um you know crucial but but also to me a fairly simple um fix in that it's a, a mindfulness a certain um you know be, being intentional to to securing the ball to having two hands on it to you know when you're moving when you're having to adjust in the pocket you're you're maintaining that uh security so um i'm just trying to trying to emphasize that doing different drills um and making sure that, that I'm, you know, always cognizant of that and, and being uh, very intentional in, in that. All right, just a quick follow-up. Are you, are you having guys try to swat the ball out of your hand? How, how do you kind of simulate that in a, in a practice, in a park-type setting? Yeah, so I've, I've been working with um, a quarterback coach here, um, and, uh, you know, he's someone who, who helps me with that. And, I've, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot, and he'll, he'll make sure I'm staying on top of that while um, – like you said, swatting at the ball and, and doing, trying to simulate uh, things that will happen in the game. Two, two questions, you know, along the same lines, as a young quarterback, how much do you think a, an unorthodox offseason like this can impact your development? And then my, my, follow, my second question is, what was, what was your opinion of Joe Judge for the first couple of months he was hired not throwing his weight behind you as a franchise quarterback and just kind of saying everyone has to compete for each job? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, this offseason is obviously different for, for everyone, um, including me being a guy who's, who's trying to learn football, who's trying to, you know, obviously, um, you know, make, make a step in my second year playing, uh, you know, playing in the NFL. But, but you know, everyone's dealing with these these circumstances, everyone's having to, having to adjust. And, you know, I'm no different from that. You know, there's not going to be a, um, you know, no one's going to be giving breaks to people who are uh, working remote because everyone's, you know, working remote and having to do it. So, um, you know, I, I understand that. I don't think it, I don't think it'll be a disadvantage if, 
Um, you know, we approach it like we have, if we approach it like the opportunity it is to, to use the time um, as well as we possibly can. And then uh, the question, uh, Coach Judge, um, yeah, I mean, I think Coach Judge has a, has a policy on that. He's got a, a way he's going to, um, you know, approach um, those situations. And, and I, respect, I respect that. I respect his, um, you know, his emphasis on everyone earning their roles. And, and you know, I certainly wouldn't want it to be uh, any other way. I, you know, I want to earn my, earn my role as, as anyone else um, does theirs. Do you go into this season saying this is my team and part two, what kind of leader will you be? Um, I think, you know, going into this year, uh, like I said earlier, I've certainly, you know, feel the responsibility of being a leader. I think that's something, you know, I take, I take seriously, but you know, it's our team. I don't know if it's, it's one guy's team. It's not, um, you know, it's not coach's team. It's not my team. It's not, uh, you know, Saquon's team or, or anyone else's. I think it's, it's our team. And, and I, you know, understand that. I think, you know, leadership wise, um, you know, I'm going to do my best to, to first, uh, you know, take care of, of what I'm doing, take care of, of my responsibility, be prepared and, and, uh, you know, playing at a high level. And then I think, um, you know, certainly that, um, you know, hopefully that, you know, rubs off on guys and, and trying to do my best to, um, to bring guys, um, trying to, you know, help guys and work with guys, um, as best I can. But, you know, I think at this point, um, you know, the, what we're doing right now, we need to, uh, you know, stay on top of our information, make sure we're, we're doing our best to be prepared when we can get back up to New Jersey. Has it been different without Eli being, being in there also? It's been different because we're, because we're on the computer, but um, yeah, Eli not being there is different. You know, the team, the team is a little different, but uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're adjusting and, and um, you know, making, making it work, making the best of it. So it's been, uh, it's been good. You just talked about Eli uh, last week. He was on the radio and he said that he thought things were going to be a lot easier for you this year with him gone. And that it was probably a bit awkward for you to take over the team with the guy you were replacing still being on the roster. When you look back, was it awkward at all? And do you think he's right that it probably should be a little easier for you now that uh, Eli's gone? You know, I think looking back, you know, there, there was definitely, um, you know, probably a little bit, a little bit awkward at times, certain times, but, um, you know, I think we did a, we did a good job working together. I know, I know I enjoyed, uh, working with him and, and, you know, certainly learned a ton from, from him and, and, um, you know, appreciate everything he did, um, during that year. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, I think it, you know, it'll certainly be different, like we're saying, um, you know, different, different in the room, but, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed working with Eli last year. I thought it was a huge advantage for, for me to, to, to be able to learn from him and, uh, and talk to him, you know, every day. So it'll be different. It'll, it'll be an adjustment, but, um, you know, we're looking forward to looking forward to, to this year, to this, uh, to this team we have. All right, Giants fans. As our, our last clip will be uh, star running back Saquon Barkley. The most noteworthy piece of, uh, of information that, that Barkley discussed was probably the mega contract signed this offseason by Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Barkley, of course, 
is likely to be the next NFL running back up for a mega contract. So his thoughts on the McCaffrey deal are obviously worth paying attention to. Have you ever, I would imagine you've never played in an empty stadium before. How will you prepare yourself for the eventuality of playing football, possibly with no live fans or with half-filled stadiums? Of course, you know, any big play you make is accompanied by a swell of energy and you probably wouldn't have that as a, from a player's perspective, how would you handle that in the game? Um, yeah, uh, it would definitely be different. Um, you know, from going playing from NFL and playing in front of our amazing fans with the Giants and uh, then obviously in college at Penn State, which is, a, is an amazing place and amazing fans there too. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, kind of go down to just playing ball. Um, kind of when you're a kid, when no one was watching uh, backyard or like, for instance, when we had practice, I know some practices we used to have fans there and have the media there, but most of the time, um, no one's there. It's just us going at it and getting better every single day. So um, I guess that's kind of the same approach I would take uh, if that was the case. You like to work out and uh, make sure you're in the best shape possible. Um, how is that possible now? Uh, what kind of adjustments are you making uh, where are you working out? How are you staying shape and in fit, fit and you know being ready for once you get on the field? You know, it's all new to everybody here. Yeah, um, definitely all new to everyone. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to you know have my own little uh, facility, uh, gym setup, I guess you could say. Um, uh, kind of always wanted to get my own little gym, and then this kind of just happened. So kind of just. I guess you could say playing out perfectly for me. So I'm really not missing the beat. Kind of got everything that I kind of need. Um, you know, obviously it's just different not being there with, you know, your teammates and that's the stuff that you miss the most and being there with your coaches. But um, just trying to attack it as best as I can and um, trying to keep my body in tip-top shape for when the opportunity does come, um, more than ready. And I'm curious, um, they really committed to the offensive line, especially through the draft. They, you know, took Andrew Thomas in the first round and Lemieux and Pert. Um, as a running back, how can that really help you when they've made that kind of commitment to the guys in front of you, open up the running lanes? Um, yeah, obviously, as a running back, you see uh, off of the line getting drafted, you get excited. But um, it wasn't just about that. Uh, you know, you, you trust you trust the, the, the guys up front. Uh, you trust the, the guys up front in the office um, to make the right decisions and, you know, you know to trust that they're going to bring the guys in here that um, whether it's whether position, whether it's off the lineman, running back, tight end, and so on and so on, that they're going to bring in guys that are ready to work and compete and uh, try to get this team back to where we know that we can be. And um, so that's why I was just more excited about Saquon, thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Um, I'm sure last month you saw Christian McCaffrey got the big contract extension, and almost everybody's follow story after that was, well, Saquon's going to be the next big one. I'm curious if your mind at all jumped to that, if you thought about what could be coming in a year or so, and just knowing that that kind of negotiation is down the road, do you feel that you still have something to prove? Um, well, I always feel like I have something to prove. Um, that's always been my mindset. Um, always going to try to, you know, be the best player and person that I can be, um, not only for myself, but for my team. But, um, yes, uh, when Christian, you know, signed, signed that, uh, that big contract, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was I'm happy for him. Um, I know Christian uh, personally and, um, you know, talking to him throughout the season, throughout the years, whether it's off season or through the season. Um, and I worked out with him one time and you could just see uh, his work ethic and, you know, how attention detail he is. Um, so I was more happy for him and, you know, he deserves it. But for me, um, you know, 
I'm a big believer in taking care of the little things first. Um, and that's right now coming into the meetings and try to be uh, the best leader, the best player that I can from obviously in this, I don't know how sides of a box we'll call it. Um, and I feel like if you take care of that, all things take care of the rest for itself in the future. You know, the flip side of that was Todd Gurley was cut. Um, you know, the Rams got rid of him really quickly. Um, was that shocking to you? And is that a reminder of how quickly things can go away in the NFL? Um, yeah, definitely shocking. Um, you know, I know TJ. I know TJ pretty well. TJ pretty well. Um, uh, obviously, you know, it, it sucks that he had to leave the Rams, but but he gets a, a fresh new start, and uh, hopefully, he can remind the league uh, how dominant a player he is. And um, no, uh, I, I don't need um, you know Todd Gurley getting uh, traded or cut. I forgot how how it happened uh, to remind me how the NFL is. Um, that's just NFL. That's a business, um, and that's why you got to try to take advantage of every single day you can. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. We thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember, join Big Blue View if you haven't done so already so that you can comment with other Giants fans and discuss your views of uh, of how things are unfolding. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications Check out our Instagram page at big underscore blue underscore view. Check us out on Facebook. Follow Twitter at Big Blue View. We thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.